Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Okay, Liz Wheeler Show, episode 431, take one. All right, with me now is independent journalist Julie Kelly. Julie, the reason that we're talking today is because after years of the Department of Justice just conveniently forgetting about Ray Epps, he has finally been charged with one count of disorderly conduct. This seems really odd to me that this would be the charge against Ray Epps, given that we have video showing him agitating people. And there's actually new video that shows him um, involved in an altercation with the Capitol Police right by one of the barriers outside the Capitol. What's your analysis of this? I mean, there's definitely something up, Liz. So as soon as I saw that, and it's an information, so there's an indictment, criminal indictment are for people charged with felonies. The misdemeanor version of that is something called an information. Uh, It is highly unusual for DOJ in the January 6th um, prosecution to bring a single count in an information. So I did a quick search of the January 6th database at DOJ, roughly 15 to 20 uh, January 6th defendants have one misdemeanor count against them. The majority of those is the parading inside the Capitol building. Um, so this is highly unusual that Ray Epps has one misdemeanor, not just given the totality of the January 6th prosecution, but his behavior that day and, of course, the night before. He easily could be slapped with multiple misdemeanors and felonies, including obstruction of an official proceeding, civil disorder, et cetera. So the fact that they just hurry up now uh, and, you know, charge him with this one misdemeanor, apparently he's going to take it. He's going to accept his plea deal um, on Wednesday. So this is happening very quickly. Uh, but I don't think this is doing anything, Liz, to uh, assuage people's suspicions that Ray Epps somehow was working on behalf of the government or political interest on January 5th and 6th. Well, listen, the speculation from the very beginning has been that Ray Epps is a Fed, right? I think Ray Epps is actually suing Fox News and Tucker Carlson because Tucker stated, well, he's obviously a Fed because we have him on video doing all of these things. He was on the most wanted list by the FBI in the immediate aftermath of January 6th. And yet, as as the Department of Justice is rounding up all these American citizens all over the country, Ray Epps has not been touched. They haven't been interested in him at all. There was a disparity in how he was treated compared to the other people. It seems Mm -hmm. pretty obvious to me that he was working in some capacity with the feds. And I want to ask you, because a lot of people won't speculate about this because they're afraid of Ray Epps suing them since he has started suing people for stating opinions that he doesn't like. What is the most likely scenario here? What's your speculation? Like, was he an FBI asset from the beginning? Did he become an informant just because they identified him in the crowd? Which agency would he have been associated with potentially? What's your speculation based on what you know? I mean, they were very careful. The January 6th Select Committee was very careful in their questioning of Ray Epps. And um, so was the uh, interviewer in the 60 Minutes piece that portrayed Ray Epps as this victim of right-wing conspiracy theories, including Tucker Carlson. You know, Liz, it's amazing 
Everyone who remotely participated in the events of January 6th is considered a domestic terrorist, an insurrectionist by the Biden regime and the corporate media, and certainly Democrats in Congress, including the January 6th Select Committee. What was so odd is that as soon as there was criticism and speculation as to Ray Epps's role and the fact that he remained uncharged until this week, um, suddenly all these same people came to Ray Epps's defense and saying that he was a victim, that, that you know, he was subjected to the smear campaign by right-wing media. Well, I mean, he did far more on January 6th than someone say like Enrique Tarrio the ex-head of the Proud Boys, who um, was arrested and charged with seditious conspiracy and wasn't even in Washington on January 6th, nonetheless convicted of seditious conspiracy, and now sentenced to 22 years in prison. Ray Epps, as I said, could easily have been charged with multiple offenses. And so, um, you know, the fact that he has all these defenders now, that this uh, information, this charge kind of came out of nowhere. He's taking a quick plea deal and that's supposed to be the end of it. And Liz, keep in mind, his photograph is still on the FBI's most wanted list. It is pinned to the FBI's social media Twitter account. Um, so... It's not like he's been, you know, undercover. No one knew who he was. So who did, who was he working for? It could be the FBI, although he did say under oath that it wasn't. He very easily could be tied with another agency, the CIA, the Department of Defense, the Secret Service, all the law enforcement and government agencies we know who had undercover agents and otherwise personnel on the ground on January 6th. So uh, I don't think these questions are going to go away. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. Bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Also, Liz, it, the timing is interesting because next month is the scheduled trial for Ryan Samsel, the man with the backwards MAGA hat on, who Ray Epps whispered in his ear right before Ryan Samsel and others um, pushed down the metal barricades on the exterior west grounds of the Capitol. So the timing is even interesting. Will Ryan Samsel call Ray Epps as a defense witness? And does this somehow shield him from testifying for the defense in that um, um, key trial finally happening almost three years later. So this plea deal, do you expect Ray Epps to serve any time in prison? And if so, how long? Um, I don't. Um, because of the nature of this misdemeanor, I'll tell you something else interesting. I could only find one other case, similar case, where a defendant has been charged with this disorderly conduct misdemeanor one count, and his name is some as a man named Isaiah Giddings. 
he was with the Proud Boys, Liz. He was one of the uh, individuals with these members of the Proud Boys who were convicted of seditious conspiracy. There were more than a dozen FBI informants run into the Proud Boys before and on January 6th. This makes it even more suspicious that you have a man, Isaiah Giddings, who was with this group, uh, but still only faces this basically non-existent charge. He still has not been sentenced. DOJ is dragging out his sentencing hearing and did disclose, and I'm telling you for the first time, did disclose in a recent filing uh, that the government had more information on this Giddings uh, defendant that uh, it was not disclosing to the court. So the fact that you have another suspected, maybe FBI asset or some sort of government asset who was with this key group, the Proud Boys, and he only faces this low-level charge, even though he was very involved in what the Proud Boys were doing that day. Um, again, these these questions are, are not going away, and DOJ's activity here only raises speculation that uh, their characterization of Ray Epps just has not been truthful. The whole thing stinks to high heaven, and anyone with common sense can see that. That's why we've been asking questions about Ray Epps all along. Hypothetically, and I know Ray Epps denied working directly for the FBI, and I, I believe the FBI denied that he was an asset, but one of the things about the intelligence community, and the FBI is part of that for the purpose of the comment I'm about to make, is they're very deceptive in their denials. They deny extremely specific, extremely narrow things, and leave it to us to generalize it or infer that it applies to a broader, um, a broader thing. And that's not the case. So just because he wasn't working directly for the FBI doesn't preclude him being some kind of asset for some other agency, or perhaps afterward he struck up some kind of plea deal. This would be a plausible plea deal. If you have a misdemeanor on your record, I'm not trying to discount crime, real crime, but it's really not that big of a deal. You don't lose any of your rights if you're not going to prison. I mean, it really is no skin off Ray Epps' back if that's part of the deal to for F the FBI or whatever other agency to cover themselves. And of course, the government brings charges against FBI informants and FBI assets and government assets all the time. I saw this firsthand in the Whitmer Fednapping hoax, where um, the defense wanted to call the second highest um, confidential human source informant, a man named Stephen Robeson, who already is a convicted felon many times over. And DOJ came in and charged him with a gun offense. Uh, and then he was precluded from testifying, saying he was going to invoke his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination since he had already been charged and could have been facing other charges. This is a game that the DOJ plays all the time. And to your point, one misdemeanor um, conviction or plea agreement on Ray Epps' criminal record is not going to preclude him from doing anything. But it will be interesting to see is how that, gonna... that plays a role in Ryan Samsel's trial next, next month. Well, we'll keep our eyes on that. I mean, the only reason we'll know the information from that trial is because of your diligent reporting. But remember, misdemeanor convictions don't stop you from owning a gun. They don't stop you from voting. They don't usually preclude you from getting any kind of job. I have no idea if Ray Epps is still working or if he's retired. He's right about that age. Anyway, um, another conviction that happened at the same time, and this is also interesting to contrast with Ray Epps, is a journalist entered the Capitol on January 6th, because he was covering the events and he wanted to actually capture on videotape what these people that had entered the Capitol were doing. His name is Stephen Horn. What do you make of this conviction? I mean, is he using the excuse of being a journalist to try to escape responsibility for having entered the Capitol? Or is this literally punish punishing the press? 
No, I know of Stephen. He has done good reporting work on January 6th. In fact, he just released an 80-minute video a few weeks ago talking about how what happened on that police line on the Western side, um, how those confrontations between protesters and police started, how police really initiated a lot of those confrontations by using munitions like stun grenades and rubber bullets and tear gas on that side. Um, So he is a journalist, but look, we also see People tied to InfoWars who also have been charged and convicted. Owen Schroyer was just uh, convicted and sentenced to 60 days in jail. So the carve-out... Now, Liz, as you know, the place was swarming with media all over the place. And and not to mention filmmakers like Alexandra Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Why have they not been charged uh, in a similar capacity as Stephen Horn? I mean... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Nancy Pelosi's daughter was in secure locations accompanying her mother to um, Fort McNair, where congressional leaders were going. We don't even know if she has a security clearance. I doubt that she does. However, she is off the hook while someone like Stephen Horn charged again with four common misdemeanors. Not only should he not have been charged, here he is convicted in less than, I think, 70 minutes by a D.C. jury and now faces, and I've seen this, up to 12 months in prison for his conviction on those four misdemeanors. So we have this DOJ continuing to round up, not just, you know, trespassers or those who assaulted police, but now journalists as a way to, you know, signal to all of us who cover things on the right uh, that you will not enjoy the same protections as corporate media or politically tied filmmakers and documentarians like Nancy Pelosi's daughter. It's terrible. The only positive thing that I can draw from this is it's becoming so obvious to many Americans who didn't believe us when we said, listen, it's a two-tier system of justice. The standards are doubled. It's not the same if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. It's so obvious now it's impossible to deny. So I want to I wanna bring up one of your tweets from this week. Several pro-lifers, actually elderly pro-lifers in their 70s, were convicted of violating the FACE Act. The FACE Act is a law that prohibits people from blocking the entrance to an abortion clinic. These women did that. They're part of what's called the abolitionist movement. They know it's basically civil disobedience. And they were convicted and sentenced to a decade or possibly a decade in prison. I don't know if their sentencing has come down yet, but they're facing possibly a decade in prison. But you noted that um, the wife of the U.S. attorney that charged them is heavily involved in the pro-abortion movement which I assume would be a huge conflict of interest. Can you break this down for us? 
Yeah. So Matthew Graves is the U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. He's a Biden appointee. He was a Biden campaign advisor. He worked with Kamala Harris's um, husband, Doug Emhoff, at uh, DLA Piper, a white shoe law firm. He was confirmed at the end of 2021. He is the individual who is handling every single six January case, including Stephen Horns and now Ray Epps. Um, but uh, and now he has um, charged f- based on these 2020 activities. He wasn't even U.S. attorney back then. The activities of this group and has now charged in D.C. juries have convicted eight of these um, anti-abortion protesters, including elderly or older people in their 60s and 70s. What's worse, Liz, is the Clinton-appointed judge in this case, Judge um, Kalar, I always get her name right, Katelia Kalar, 80 years old. She should have long retired. Um, they have not been sentenced yet, but in both after both convictions, she ordered these individuals to be taken into immediate custody, which means that these people, these pro-life activists, nothing like this has ever happened before, are now in the D.C. jail where they will await her sentencing order, which could take a few months before then they are transported to whatever prison home that they will languish in for years. People do not, and this is why I'm so grateful for your coverage, uh, but for your viewers and a handful of others, people just do not recognize this legal and judicial circle of hell, I call it this tyranny, this banana republic style environment in our nation's capital. Further to your point, the wife of Matthew Grace, Fatima Gosgraves, runs a $100 million nonprofit called the National Legal uh, National Women's Law Center. She has taken the lead role in not just trying to remove Clarence Thomas from the Supreme Court, but all of her activity is animated by her um, unrestrict her demands for unrestricted access to abortion. So now her husband is taking this law, this FACE Act, uh, revitalizing charges that I believe had already been dropped against these pro-lifers in 2020, re-upping those charges, and now trying to put 72-year-old women in prison for years because, to your point, they blockaded uh, an abortion clinic. This is uh, out- outrageous. He should is disqualified on many levels, her political activism, her anti-Trump statements, uh, and her involvement in all of these left-wing causes near and dear to the Biden administration. Furthermore, Liz, she's been at the Biden White House now, I've recorded 30 times since her husband was confirmed as as U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia. How is that not a huge conflict of interest. We don't know what information she might be passing along to the Biden White House or what she might be a conduit between the White House and her husband, who's supposed to be an independent prosecutor. It simply is not the case. Um, And I'll have a big piece up on this in a few weeks. But to your point, I've already reported on it. But this is the sort of dual standard of justice and quite frankly, swamp-like environment in the uh, nation's capital that just outrages our, our side of of the political spectrum, and it certainly should. It seems like the most massive conflict of interest possible. And you said something about this that I didn't even know, and I'm pretty well-versed with this case, that these charges were essentially dismissed against these individuals in 2020, and then he brought them back from the dead because, what, his wife is a radical abortion activist who wants to imprison pro-lifers? 
Right. And so does the head of the um, civil division of the Department of Justice. They have promised. They were the ones who said that they were going to use the SPACE Act. And I believe others have been charged uh, in this as well. I believe that this is one of the charges brought against the pastor, um, Mark uh, Hout. I'm sorry, I'm swimming in names today, but I believe that he was the one, seven or eight kids who was subjected to an FBI raid and hauled in as well. This is a message. People who think this this sort of weaponization of DOJ is just going to apply to people who showed up at the Capitol for four hours on January 6th, you are sadly mistaken. They are running all cylinders. They have every weapon, every arsenal. Uh, aimed full blast at the right, whether it's pro-lifers, whether it's parents, uh, you know, protesting at school board meetings, certainly people who are involved in the Capitol protest. Uh, And this is just going on with no end in sight. This DOJ, Matthew Graves, continues to round up January 6th protesters, charge them uh, with bigger crimes than we saw with Ray Epps, things like obstruction, civil disorder, assaulting police, and these misdemeanors that Stephen Horn faced. Uh, He has promised to double the current caseload of 1,100 defendants, and he is living up to his word. And it's hard to see how his wife, or at least her $100 million nonprofit, and all the political connections, all the, the, the connections that she has, not just in politics, but in the private sector, are not being leveraged. Uh, and this is a way for Matthew Graves, you know, this sort of quid pro quo, pro quo in Washington, D.C., but with huge uh, human and legal consequences. It's actually terrifying. As an American citizen, I don't live in Washington, D.C., but like you, I go there for work all the time. It's not just the capital of the United States. It's where everything happens in politics and in media. I'm there all the time. I've been part of, I can't even tell you how many marches and protests and other political activities. And it, as an American citizen, it makes me frightened to exercise my right to free speech and my right to assemble in the nation's capital, because you just don't know if you're going to be targeted based only on your political beliefs and then thrown into this cesspool of, of the criminal justice system in Washington, D.C. Listen, I'm not a cynic about our criminal justice system. I think it's great. I think it's as good as you can get when it's uh, when it's a, a country governed by people. I mean, we're all flawed. So, but our criminal justice system is, is decent, it's good. But in Washington, D.C., it is so polluted with leftists, even the jury pools that don't care about our rule of law, don't like our country and hate us as people based on our beliefs that you actually don't get a fair shot. Like going to court, you're, even if you technically are afforded due process, it's not real. It's not real. And look, I've been to these trials. I've seen these line prosecutors in action. I've seen these judges, and we're talking Republican judges like Tim Kelly, who handled the Proud Boys trial, uh, to Obama judges like Amit Mehta, down to this Clinton judge I'm talking about, believe it or not, two Reagan-appointed judges who are still on that bench. Um, They are pretty much unanimous in their contempt for Donald Trump their contempt for his supporters. They view the events of January 6th as a personal affront that Americans from across the country dared to enter their personal, political, and professional fiefdom of Washington, D.C. They don't view Washington, D.C. as the capital of our nation. They view it as their little private fiefdom where they operate in secret, where they have all of these compromised relationships or marriages or relatives, et cetera, and this is both parties, it's not just Democrats, they they express routinely their contempt, their shock that anyone dared 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on The First TV. Watch The First on DirecTV Channel 347, Uverse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. To come to Washington that day. I heard, I've heard judges say, you came here all the way from Texas. You drove here all the way from Florida. Well, of course they did. That's their right as Americans. They are affronted. They are offended. And that's why they are punishing them so severely, um, especially, you know, people with no means, people who've never been in trouble with the criminal justice system. To your point, a lot of them talked to the FBI voluntarily, thinking they were helping law enforcement, not realizing that they were the targets. Then you enter this D.C. courthouse, uh, which is just a, a, really a, a place that Every time I go there, I can't believe what I'm watching and hearing and seeing um, these judges just handing down these excessive sentences, berating people for supporting Donald Trump. I just posted about Tanya Chutkin, who is now handling the Trump case, suggesting to one defendant that he needs to reconsider his political views because he's been listening to the wrong people and the wrong sources. I mean, this is like, right? These are struggle sessions. These are things that if they were happening in other countries, we would have UN resolutions about. We wouldn't be applauding it like the corporate media is doing. So I think a lot of Americans are getting their eyes open up to what's been happening uh, and and continues to happen in this D.C. courthouse. Like, imagine for a second that a trial of this nature was happening in Russia or in China and that the judge presiding over that told a dissident, right, a dissident in Russia, say, who had criticized Vladimir Putin and who'd been arrested. I mean, this isn't even hypothetical. This happens all the time. But imagine if the judge said, you need to reconsider your political views and what you're writing. We would probably have condemnation from human rights organizations and free speech activists from all over the world that would be saying, that's not fair. That's a banana republic. That's a rigged show trial. And yet it's happening here in our nation's capital, and we're all potentially going to be subject to it. Tanya Chutkin, the judge presiding over Trump's case that you just mentioned, she's trying to issue a gag order, to my understanding, of President Trump. Can you break this down for me? Because it seems to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, it seems to me that if President Trump is subject to an order that prohibits him from discussing his case, that it's not only a violation of his free speech potentially, but it is different when you're running for president of the United States because your opponent can attack you and you couldn't even defend yourself. Right. So this was a proposed motion filed last week by special counsel Jack Smith. And he described it in his motion as narrow, as a narrow gag order. Um, But look, it is anything but. If Tanya Chutkin approves this order, 
Donald Trump not just will be prohibited from talking about his case, he will not be able to criticize the Department of Justice. He will not be able to criticize the FBI. He will not be able to criticize judges in Washington, D.C. or D.C. juries. This is an attempt to take away one of Donald Trump's key campaign issues, Liz, as you know, which is the corruption and weaponization of the Department of Justice and the special counsel's office. This is, and the folly of this is that Jack Smith is, claims that he's worried about Trump's words on tr social media, on Truth Social, influencing or poisoning the jury pool. Well, come on. DOJ has near a 100% perfect conviction rate in January 6 trials. These jurors come in with, and I mean, we saw it in the Proud Boys trial, eight of them had been involved in left-wing Democratic Party tie demonstrations over the past few years. They were still seated on the jury. Um, jurors who talk after the trial say the most outlandish, egregious things about January 6 and the defendants who they just, you know, oversaw their trial. So there's no poisoning. I don't know how you could further poison a DC jury pool against Donald Trump. Furthermore, what he said is that Trump should be stopped from discussing potential witnesses in the case. He specifically named former Attorney General Bill Barr and Mike Pence, who is one of uh, Donald Trump's GOP primary rivals. Well, a potential witness could be whoever Jack Smith says it is. So this is a broad-based proposed gag order not only shutting down Trump about his case pending before Tanya Chutkin, but taking away and attempting to silence Donald Trump from talking about this key campaign issue that's very important to the base, as you know, Liz, which is the, uh, you know, the irretrievably corrupt Department of Justice and FBI. So we'll see if she signs off on it. I suspect she will sign off on some, at least a partial order, keeping him silent throughout, uh, you know, up until his trial, which is scheduled for March. It's, it's really shocking. So when you're talking about a D.C. jury pool being poisoned, ordinarily when you're called in for jury duty and it's a more high-profile case, they make sure that you haven't read anything about the case, you haven't seen a news report about it, they tell you not to read anything about it because they don't want you to have any preconceived views on the case. This is, I mean, I've been in jury duty myself and have had the, had the judge ask, have you heard about this? Did you see the initial report when this alleged crime was committed? Did you read about it? And anybody who said yes was excused from the jury. How does this work in a situation like Donald Trump where literally every single person in our country, let alone in Washington, D.C., which is the political capital of our country, how do you pick a jury who knows nothing about the case? It's impossible. You don't. And that's why defense attorneys, you know, over and over have requested change of venue motions based on the publicity of the January 6th matter, not just national media, but local media such as the Washington Post and every outlet in the nation's capital. Of course, the January 6th Select Committee hearings were happening right across the street from the D.C. courthouse. Uh, even in a high-profile case, Liz, like the Proud Boys, when their defendants asked for a change of venue, the January 6th Select Committee was holding broadcast national evening hearings specifically talking about the Proud Boys, specifically naming the defendants who were about to go to trial and jury selection was underway. The end of December of 2022, J6 committee released its report. It named the Proud Boys a hundred times at least, assigning blame for January 6th to the Proud Boys. 
The defense attorneys again filed another change of venue motion asking Tim Kelly to move the trial based on this high level of publicity and condemnation for their defendants. And he again rejected it, saying the jury selection process, we are confident jury selection process, extensive process, questionnaires will weed out people, even if they have biases. If they tell us that they can set aside those biases, that prejudice uh, to, to render a fair verdict, then we believe them. Sure. And what happens? They come back with convictions, four out of five for seditious conspiracy, a charge that no American has ever been convicted of before January 6th. And then, um, you know, Judge Tim Kelly renders these excessive, harsh prison sentences based on terror enhancements. So you can't get a fair jury in Washington. The entire trial not should just be removed, Donald Trump's case, not just should be removed from Tanya Chutkin, but far away from Washington, D.C., because look what happens when you're in a place like, say, Michigan, when you have three defendants who are involved in the Whitmer Fednapping hoax, uh, three of them found not guilty, acquitted on all counts by a Michigan jury last week. Far different outcomes when you're outside of the beltway than what's happening inside of it. It's fundamentally unfair what's happening in Washington, D.C. Julie, we're going to have you back on the show when the next trial next month happens that could involve Ray Epps. I think we'll know inf more information about Ray Epps' involvement with these intel agencies, depending on his involvement in this trial. Can you tell people where to find your reporting, where to find you online? Because everyone who watches this show adores you. Oh, well, I adore you and I adore, adore your viewers. I'm so grateful for all your support and for your viewer support as well. So I'm now at Substack Declassified with Julie Kelly. I'm on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, Julie underscore Kelly too, and Truth Social at Julie underscore Kelly. Perfect. Guys, make sure you go give her a follow. Her reporting is outstanding. She's always the first to report on this stuff and it's always accurate. Julie Kelly, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Liz. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on Rumble at rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Hit that bell so I can notify you every time we have a new video for you. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.